Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 142 of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. And I am happy to see you. I wondered if you would come back on this podcast because you have been making the rounds. You're, you're, you're a big deal. I've acknowledged that for a long time. You really are the juice behind this podcast. You're the reason people listen. But I was punching around and pulled up the GovExec Daily podcast the other day and got a whole big batch of Robert Shea on there. And I thought it was just, I thought it was just great. Did your Netflix subscription run out? You need to borrow some money so I can reload that? No, I, I, I find value in listening to that podcast. They have great guests on there, and they have you on there too, and they have uh, a, a lot of great content that I get out of that. So I took to pen and paper and wrote my thoughts on something we might do to improve the government's performance in the area of diversity, equity, inclusion. Uh-huh. And they were kind enough to have me on to talk about it. Never occurred to you that we might want to talk about that on this program. I think we're just reaching a bigger, different audience with this. So we, we need to take every opportunity we can to get the word out. When you wrote that piece, as you were finishing that piece and going, yeah, I'd probably like people to see this, did you think, I have a podcast? Maybe we should put it on, on my podcast first and then see if somebody else might want to pick it up. I'm just curious. I'm just wondering. I'm not bitter at all. I can see that. I'm not that. I'm not all bound up about it at all. I think it's fine. Whatever you want to do with your content that you write on your own is fine. I appreciate that very much. I will keep this in mind and remember that there's somebody who may want to talk about this stuff with me. Yeah. And I just can't I just got to remember who that is. Is this microphone on? <laughs> is this coming through? I'm not sure. Okay. I just love teasing you, and I thought you did a great job on there, and I enjoy listening to that program, like I said. Where are we getting it wrong, and where are we getting it right in government on those issues right now, Robert? I don't know, and that was the whole point of my paper. We talk a lot about this. Uh, things flare up. We commit to doing something about it, but I'm not sure we ever reflect on whether what we've done about it has worked because these things tend to flare up again. You know, we're trying to improve economic equality. We're trying to uh, eliminate systemic racism where we can find it. We've got programs scattered all across the government. My simple idea is we ought to inventory those programs, take a look at the body of evidence we've got about whether they work, and deliberately measure and improve their performance over time. So here's the thing about it that, that drove me nuts based on uh, a one word in particular that you just used there. And that is, so I see the GovExec Daily podcast feed in my RSS feed, which I know is a fossil from another uh, a previous generation. Nobody uses RSS feeds anymore, but I find them uh, very, very useful. And I noticed that the reference to you in, you know, they have a little blurb that comes through the feed about why somebody should pay attention to the podcast and your credential on that blurb was commissioner 
on the commission on evidence-based policymaking, and I'm like, okay, so this is a drinking game. How fast before we get into the podcast can they bring it on? Yeah, I can do better. No, we would not. Well, I don't know if you can, because that was. I mean, the one with Carlos a couple weeks ago was pretty intense. You you laid it out there. I mean, he I, he barely had a chance to get five words spoken before you started talking about the commission on evidence based policymaking. All right. Did you see the the president brought it up? Yeah, I know. So you you he, texted me the day that it happened. Of course, I saw the president. That's I mean, right. just it's 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 gonna it's gonna get even bigger, Francis. Just you wait. All right, wise guy. If it gets bigger, what does that look like? What does that mean? How do agencies use evidence? And I want you to talk at a micro level and not a macro level. Now you're frightening me. Specifically, the uh, president asked agencies to take a hard look at their annual evaluation plans and their learning agendas and make sure they are using a multiplicity of evaluation methodologies to answer the most important questions that they need answered to improve their mission and performance. And so what that means at a micro level is agencies should dust those things off they've been working on for several months, refresh the learning agendas to make sure the questions are aligned to what they're trying to accomplish for this new administration and that the evaluations they're going to conduct are going to help actually answer those questions in a rigorous way so that you can rely on the evidence when making decisions about what programs to fund, how to hold people accountable, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Is that is that micro enough? Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Now, you mentioned President Biden's memo and evidence and data were in the very first sentence of it, and he talked about science there too. What's the statement that you think that makes to agencies that this is going to be that important to the new administration? For evidence-based policymaking nerds, uh, the fact that it was there at all is really important, that it was so early in the administration. And it's tied to a principal drive of the new administration, which is to be more attentive to data, fact, and evidence in how they're going to run the government. Mm -hmm. I want to shift gears because we are already starting to run out of time. I yanked your cord too hard about the commission stuff. Never. One of the trends that I have seen, and I've asked a couple of people about this on the television show, but I'm curious about your view on this. The new administration has made, I think, a, 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 an explicit point of trying to fill as many of the non-Senate-confirmed non political appointees' jobs as they could in the first, what, month or so that we are into this administration. Do you see the same trend I see? And is that something that should be a new best practice for future administrations? Because I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anybody push that hard on the what would be in most organizations the second, third, fourth level political appointee gigs? There's always been landing teams or parachute teams, folks who, who drop in on a temporary basis once the inauguration takes place. That's not this. Uh, you are rightly 
reflecting on the fact that we've got a much bigger number of non-Senate confirmed officials on the ground sooner than in the past. And I think that's a really good practice because if you're uh, depending on the Senate for swift action, you're looking at the wrong place. Do you know how many nominations the Biden administration has made since the 21st of January, the day after the president was confirmed? No, but I'm sure you have the number. Zero. Really? He's not made. All of the nominations made so far have been on January 20th. I don't know whether they're waiting for this backlog to clear out or whether they genuinely don't have this next slate of nominees ready to send up. Uh, but it was an interesting thing to show, and it reinforces your point that there was a deliberate focus on getting uh, experienced hands loyal hands on the ground soon um, in order to ensure that they were, you know, taking hold of the levers of government. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't, they, the secretary of defense did an interesting thing by basically clearing out all of their advisory committees, you know, because of the fear that the Trump administration staffed them inappropriately, which is a shame because there are a lot of friends of ours who work hard, advising agencies on how to improve their performance uh, through those through those commissions so that now they'll have to start over but it's another data point in this quest to ensure you've got qualified competent loyal people on the ground across the government you know what i was fascinated uh, by about that action by secretary austin was not just that he cleared all of the uh, the the members of them out, but he basically, for all intents and purposes, dissolved all of them too. He said, "We're just going to start from scratch. We're going to do a zero-based budget model on all of these boards and determine do we need that function, and if we need that function, what are the kinds of folks? What's the the portfolio of expertise that we want to have on those boards?" That was. I took that to be some fairly significant action. He broke the China there pretty quick, I thought. I agree. And if you're talking about ways to get your arms around the bureaucracy, living with legacy advisory commissions is not one of them. So he usefully starts with a clean slate and can ask, do we need it in the first place? Some of them may be required by law. Many of them are required by law. And, and then figure out what to do about it. You know, does he ask for a repeal? revision um or does he reconstitute and 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 reappoint folks to those uh, committees don't you think a lot of the folks who weren't the people that trump stuck on at the last minute will wind up coming back i would think a lot of those people will wind up being reappointed to whatever the new thing looks like and some of the people who were fired you know uh there were some really incredible talent on those committees that hopefully will be brought back and we can remedy how they were unceremoniously dismissed. Will you go back on the Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking if it's reestablished? You didn't get fired. I want to be clear. You completed, you and your fellow commissioners completed your work and successfully. And uh, you have now, so that that commission not, stood down. But if somebody not, did it again, would you, would you go back? I'm not sure that my friends, my family, the government, could suffer another term with me on the commission. 
there's just so much I'd like to say in response to that, and I'm just gonna <laughs> let it stand and tell you that it's wonderful to be with you again, as always, my friend, and uh, have a great week. You too. Thanks for listening to the Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.